Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're good, so welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, Broncos talked about maybe re-signing Melvin Gordon. Talked about maybe re-signing Kareem Jackson. Newsflash, Kareem, back in Denver on a one-year deal. Tell everybody what the, the details are you've been able to glean. Oh, let me just pat myself ourselves on the back because among the options, the in-house players they had as unsigned free agents, also Bryce Callahan in there, we both said that Kareem Jackson is the likelier one to, to be re-signed. And what we know right now, according to reports, it's a one-year contract for Kareem worth up to $5 million. Not $5 million base, up to $5 million. Sounds like heavily incentivized based around playing time and other achievements. I don't think this rules out Caden Stearns winning a starting job, but it makes that it makes the road that much longer for Stearns to be that long-term fixture opposite Simmons. I mean, from a, a leadership standpoint, I can't hate on the move. From a production standpoint, what is he going to do to help you on third down? Is he going to help you on third down? Is he going to help you in coverage? Those are my misgivings with Kareem. I understand the players love him. The fans love him. He's good in run support. He's a hard hitter. He's this and he's that. But as you see right there, below average marks, not just for his run stopping, surprisingly enough, but pass coverage, 48.8. That is what we call in this business a liability. And that's what he is at this stage of his career going on 34 years. I think he turned 34 this month. It's an elder statesman if there ever was one. They have two young bucks in Stearns and Jamar Johnson. I like Stearns' upside. I would prefer he get the starting job. They also signed J.R. Reed, as you highlighted there, but Reed's more of a special teams, insurance, uh, reserve kind of guy. I don't hate the move, Chad. I don't love the move either. I do. I really do, just because... Look, we've both been critical of Kareem Jackson when, you know, uh, it was time to be critical. Like when he started showing some alarming signs of uh, getting old, we told it like it was. But what I like about this is it gives Denver, it keeps that back end of the defense and that upper echelon communication and just veteran savvy and chemistry that he has with Justin Simmons in place. And you can now, I think, more easily start working Caden Stearns into the formula with regularity, knowing that, hey, if if Stearns falls flat on his face or he kind of fails to launch, Kareem's here to kind of keep it stable. If Stearns fails to launch, there's also Jamar Johnson. There's also P.J. Locke in the, waiting in the wings. But I just think, Zach, if anyone's viewing this transaction as that was the missing component 
that's the game changer. Our defense going to be number one now. That's probably jumping the shark a little bit. Kareem Jackson is just a great kind of last bag of sand to, uh, you know, block that river from completely invading your neighborhood. He's the missing final puzzle piece uh, in terms of, hey, if you had to play a football game tomorrow, who do you want out there going against Patrick Mahomes? All right, at safety, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson or Justin Simmons and Caden Stearns. And you might say Caden Stearns because there is some upside there. Zach, he showed a remarkable propensity to get his hand on the ball last year uh, as, as a rookie. And so I think there is some really intriguing upside, but I don't really view this as Kareem eating out of his bowl. I, I view this as it's Kareem's job and him being around is only going to make it a little bit easier for Stearns to kind of ease into year two as a pro. Well, I don't know about going up against Mahomes, but going up against Travis Kelsey, I'd much rather have Caden Stearns than Kareem Jackson. That's my big beef with him. I understand he has value as a veteran, as a uh, a mentor to younger players, as a, a dominant hitter type enforcer, but in pass coverage, he is late career Darian Stewart. It's the same situation playing out, and I want the Broncos to get younger at that position. Fortunately, based on the structure of the contract, it doesn't preclude Stearns from starting. It doesn't preclude the Broncos from adding a safety in the draft, which I think they will maybe fairly high. Again, I don't hate the deal, but I don't think it does anything to move the Broncos' needle in terms of their ceiling that much more forward. The thing is, too, we got to keep in mind, and then we'll kind of turn the page on this. There's still a lot of different things we got to get to tonight, including seeing what's on the mind of our great community here in the chat. Don't worry, guys. We're going to get to you here in just a second. Uh, is the fact that Caden um, Stearns, if you look at his skill set, if you look at his body type, if you look at what he did well as a rookie last year, I mean, it's a little inconvenient because Justin Simmons is here for the long haul, but he projects more as that center fielder kind of free safety guy that doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, snarling, rabid TJ Ward enforcing over the middle and running around in, in uh, <clears throat> run support and all that. I mean, that has to be part of what you do in terms of you got to be a competent run um, stopper, tackler, et cetera. But Caden Stearns, to me, Zach, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, projects more as a Simmons type of safety. Let me just put it that way, as opposed to Kareem as a strong guy compared to like also, you know, Kareem kind of fits the same mold as a TJ Ward. Not the same explosive athlete, but just a force there, man. Like, there's a few times last year, well, in the three years that Kareem has been a Bronco, there's been a few times where, you know, he's laying the wood. He's actually triggered some friendly fire, knocking his own dudes out. And I mean, I just don't think Caden Stearns really has that level of physicality in it. Doesn't make him a lesser player. I just think he projects more as a guy to spell Justin Simmons if he wants to become like Kareem. Because let's face it, Kareem Jackson started his career as a corner. He was a guy that hardly ever was asked to tackle, even though he was always good at tackling. He became, you know, his body and the way he kind of, I don't know, uh, changed his game a little bit to become that safety. That happened over time. And so maybe Caden Stearns, through osmosis, through seeing how Kareem does it, can do it too. Well, there's a reason why he was converted in the first place. It's because he was breaking down in coverage and uh, defenses and Vic Fangio wanted Kareem to keep the action in front of him at safety versus having to backpedal and hang with the top receivers in the NFL on an island. And to the point about having two Justin Simmons, is that really that terrible, though? 
I mean, a lot of Broncos fans, Bronco media, you included, Chad, you wanted, uh, and still, I guess not anymore, but wanted the Honey Badger. He profiles way more as a Simmons type than he does a TJ Ward type. I don't think it's too bad for the Broncos defense, considering the type of defense they want to be under Ajiro Evero, take the ball away, be aggressive, play down near the box, and uh, hang the top tight end and the receivers in the NFL. It wouldn't be a terrible move if you had to roll with Caden. I just like what I saw from him on film last year, despite playing in the defense, as we know now, that didn't force or place an emphasis on turnovers. We'll get more into it, guys. We want to see what y'all think, all right? of this new move, uh, like Sam Bam here jumping in. Thank you, buddy, who says, Good evening, Broncos country. Three weeks until the draft. We don't need to draft a running back, though. We're good with Pookie and Boone. Go Broncos. We'll come back to that, but I hate to burst your bubble. The Broncos are probably going to draft a running back. And, you know, there's no guarantee, but if I had to put money on it today, I would bet that they draft a running back. Not in the second round, probably not in the third round, but day three. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm surprised to see so many Broncos fans and media, for that matter, um, saying, you know, it it wouldn't be too surprising or it wouldn't be too bad if they took a running back at 64. Why? You took a running back in the second round last year. You have pieces all over the offense uh, for Russell Wilson to play with. You don't need another top shelf guy. You have Mike Boone, who you paid. I'm okay even rolling with Demaria Crockett as the placeholder number three and pick up a guy in the fifth, sixth, seventh on drafted rounds and, and go into training camp. All right, Zach, let's, uh, let's get in to, well, there's a few storylines. I want to continue talking about this running back thing, but let's see what's on people's mind in the chat who have been very, very patient, like Drew Love. What is good, Big Dog? He says, hey, guys, sorry, I've been dealing with stuff for a bit now, but everything's all good in Broncos country. Love you guys. Good to hear you and see you. Well, dude, I'm glad your ducks sound like they're in a row. You know, whatever uh, stuff you've been dealing with sounds like. Hopefully that water's under the bridge. Welcome back. And just in time, Drew, because we have the draft officially three weeks from tonight. It's the next major uh, milestone in the Broncos offseason. They add more talent to the roster. We're in exciting times right now, Drew, and I'm glad that you're here with us. Rodney Garcia, also very grateful you're with us, big dog. He says, Kareem still has some juice in him. I love how physical he is by paying uh, by laying the wood like last season on Latavius Murray and, and Juju. I'm glad we signed him. I am too. I just think it's a nice fail safe to have. It's just a good kind of glue to have to hedge on. You're not so dependent on your young guys taking that next step forward. And I agree with you, Zach, in that, you know, he's obviously even the player he was in 2019 when the Broncos signed him as a 11th year veteran, he's not the same guy he was, but he still has that football brain, that football wisdom and enough juice i think to still be a force that can help this team i mean here's the thing though you mentioned the uh juju hit and the uh, latavius murray hit the broncos lost both games so i'm looking for the players that can help the broncos win football games i don't mind it up to five million i don't mind a one-year heavily incentivized deal for kareem but i still think they should give stearns an opportunity to uh stake his case for a starting job that's that's my opinion tom what's going on bro you have just been a consistent bad ass in the in the chat lately thank you for that super chat my friend good evening to you lancaster pa huh dope hashtag state of being 
Phil McLaughlin as well in the house, saying hello to myself, Zach, and Scott. Let's ride MHH for life. What's good? The Duchess. By the way, Michaela, before I forget, tonight after the pod, do be a dear and DM me. Go to the huddleuppod.com. Find what you want, two or three items, okay? And then just tell me what, what it is and... I'll get it coming to you. Okay. She says, and thank you for the super love you. She says 154 days until kickoff. Can't wait. Itching for games. I know, man, it's going to be so fun. I was writing about that today. Just how Bronco fans are just, you know, pepping the step this time. I mean, we always look forward to football season. Who are we kidding? Like this is, we do this 365. We love it. It's what we live for in many respects, but this time, man, Feels like there's even more to be excited about. Tom, thank you, buddy. Uh, we'll grab Tom, but Zach Michaela is just a legendary figure. I, I don't know how uh, much you watched Chappelle show back in the day. Remember the Tyrone Bigum skit where he's like, you got any more of them? You know, I think it was Crack uh-huh, Rocks. Uh-huh. Uh, you got any more of them Broncos football games? I feel the same way, Michaela. I mean, that's why I hate when the offseason rolls around. There's so much going on, and Chad and I love covering it, but I miss Sunday football games. I miss Broncos football. It can't get here fast enough. Tom with a number two super chat. Thank you, buddy. He says, I like how Jackson brings it every game. He is the only guy I think other teams actually fear going over the middle. His coverage is not the greatest. Yeah, I agree in terms of laying the wood um, on the on the back end. he's And that's what you expect and what you prize on a defense. You know, you want to have that one safety you know, back in the day, it was Dennis Smith. Then it became Steve Atwater. Then it became John Lynch. Then it became Brian Dawkins, right? Then it became TJ Ward. And now, although Kareem Jackson might not be in the same league as a few of those Hall of Fame names I just mentioned, nevertheless, you have that with Kareem back in the fold. I, I really want to see, though, Zach, what the fine print is on that $5 million worth up to $5 million. Um, On the surface, I'm totally cool with it. It probably shakes out to be... Zach, something like, you know, half of that guaranteed and then the rest somehow incentivized. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's close to the vet minimum, like a one year, one million dollar deal and the rest he can earn through playtime. But to your point, they need that one safety. I mean, doesn't Simmons lay the wood a fair amount of the time? He's a pretty hard hitter as well. I know it's not his forte, but again, I I don't hate the move. I'm happy the Broncos have some continuity back there. It's important for Evero. Uh, former secondary coach, so I hope he gets more out of Kareem Jackson in coverage, but I don't love it, and I won't love it. Okay, we got Nash the fifth throwing down a super chat tonight. And by the way, guys, we also get to announce the winner of the March Apple Podcast drawing for the five-star review. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. But Nash, what is good, bro? Thank you, buddy. Good evening, he says, Broncos country. I think James Cook, the running back, coming out of the draft could be a good addition to the backfield. I like him too. I'm not going to lie, but I don't like him at round two, and you're not going to get him beyond round two, I I think. Or what do you think, Scott? Am I tripping on that? Is James Cook going to be there in the third round? You think so? Well, if he is going to be there in the third round, I wouldn't hate it if it's one of the two picks. Preferably, you, you stay patient because you know you have Pookie. So you let him fall, and if he's there in the fourth round, maybe you take him. I don't know. But the Broncos are going to draft a running back. I mean, even uh, today, actually it was yesterday. I'll show you guys this real quick, Zach, for uh, a little scratch and sniff here. ESPN Denver's Jeff Legwald reported that the Broncos are indeed still looking to add depth 
at running back. And then, Zach, if you look at the list of – and Mike Kliss had a, a confirmed list of the eight top 30-type visits that the Broncos currently have clocked. Five of those eight are offensive linemen. One of them's a running back. So that kind of tells you a little bit what they're thinking. Guys in the comments, can you please tell me, I'm asking genuinely, what is the what is the purpose of bringing in a running back in the second or third round beyond uh, to have depth and to add to the stable? Give me a legitimate reason why they need to use a high round draft pick on a non-premium position when you already have a premium running back and you have a capable backup at Mike Boone who you paid money to. I don't mind adding one later in the draft for sure, but it's going to look real good if you draft Cook and you have Javante and they're getting stonewalled in the backfield because your center is Cushenberry and your right tackle is Billy Turner. You have to upgrade the areas that need it right away. Running back is not one of those areas. I agree. It's it's not. I would recoil at the notion of using a premium round pick on running back, but the Broncos have eight picks in this class, Zach, currently, and you know, we'll see how many they end up actually making this year. But I'm just trying to tell people from an expectation perspective. You know, this is the, this is a topic we've been ruminating over on this podcast for a few weeks now, really since free agency, um, and. Legwald confirming it, the Broncos still want to add depth at the position. It's like saying, hey, I'm not telling you blue is the best color for the sky. I'm just telling you sky's blue. That's just the way it is. And here's one of the reasons uh, you can come up with cost effective. That would be any rookie, whether it's the second round or the seventh round. They're on the rookie deals and they're all cost controlled. So give me a legitimate argument as to why the Broncos should make that move. I think it would be a heinous miscalculation by George Payton. By the way, on the subject of James Cook, he's a 87 overall ranked prospect on ESPN, 97 ranked overall in the NFL mock draft database. So he's looking like third round guy, could end up languishing. Who knows? Could go to fourth round. We'll see. Tom again throwing down number three. Thank you, Tom. Jeez Louise. He says, if we're going running back, I'd take that running back out of Michigan, possibly in the fifth round. You don't pay Mike Boone second string running back money without him playing. Which then, Zach, you also, it just goes back and you go, wait a minute, then why in the heck did they even, I guess, in fairness to George Payton, they had, he inherited a Melvin Gordon contract from John Elway. Then he went out when Philip Lindsay's deal or, you know, tender was rescinded, signed Mike Boone before Philip even had his bags packed. So Mike Boone was there before Javante. You know, they just saw an opportunity with Javante and they took it. Um, but Mike Boone, we're both intrigued at the prospect of seeing him utilized more in this offense. But really what we're talking about here in terms of adding depth is not a replacement for Javante or even really so much to say, even though it's always competition, competition for Mike Boone. We're talking about bodies behind those guys because running back is the victim of attrition probably more than any other position on offense, that and offensive line because the collisions are literally constant i'm going to take a wild guess as to what happened last year okay and tell me if i'm wrong the broncos signed mike boone from from minnesota uh george payton knew him well they drafted javante and they had no idea payton and company did how poorly mismanaged they would be under pat Shermer. they would literally never get uh mike boone to carry they were splitting carries down the middle all season between uh pookie and melvin gordon I just think he underestimated how poopy Pat Shermer is as a play caller and a game planner. 
I would rather, I'll take it a step further. You guys know I'm no major fan of Melvin Gordon. I would rather bring back Melvin Gordon on a one-year, $2.5 million contract than I would take a running back in the second or third round. Is that crazy? No, I would too. Um, not only because of the monetary value, but just because of what he could bring to the table for you. I mean, you know, we sometimes, I think, come off sounding a little too dismissive of Melvin Gordon's talents. He is, a, will say, just to hedge a little bit, he's a top 20 NFL running back. I think you can make an argument he's a top 15 NFL running back. So if you can get him back for $2.5 to complement Pookie, not the other way around this time. Pookie's the man. Gordon is the compliment. And then, of course, you got Boone to step into the fray anytime one of those guys needs a breather or gets nicked up. I think that's – I would prefer that as well than a second or third round pick. Real quick, though, this is a topic, Tommy, that I was thinking exactly – I've been thinking this way for a couple of weeks now is just seeing the stabilizing force Eric Weddle was, even at his advanced age, for the Rams during their stretch run and the playoffs and all that and the Super Bowl, that's, I think, the kind of thinking, if you really want to know. I think that's the kind of psychology the Broncos are embracing on this is just that glue guy on the back end that eliminates the need for a lot of different worries that a gyro Evero would have if you're leaning on a second year, still relatively untested Caden Stearns to carry the majority of that water next to Justin Simmons. I mean, Weddle's kind of a stretch because it's easy to look good when you're playing with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller. He, he I, I don't think he was the reason Weddle was why they won a title. It was all Aaron Donald, and it was the pass rush, and uh, Ramsey to an extent. Uh, again, I don't hate the move. I, I'm, I'm happy he's back for continuity's sake. Hopefully the team is rejuvenated by bringing back K-Jack and K-Jack TV. I'm just always for the youth movement. And 34 years old, he's no spring chicken, and I want a spring chicken. It's April. The Duchess with generous super chat Michaela number Baum. two tonight. And Michaela Baum, indeed. Thank you so much, Thank Michaela. You. She says, in these stressful times, I live for this pod. Aw, love you. Meeting in the evening with you guys and my MHH family is the best thing. Can't express how much this means to me. Let's go, Broncos. Hey, I'm telling you, we feel the same way. This is supposed to be, this is why we like stay away from, you know, the cruel world details, politics, world events, stuff like that, because this is supposed to be an escape for you. And we hope that we can be that in the most beneficial, edifying, constructive way, unified. We're all sitting here talking about the same things, the Broncos, which we all care about. So really, really gratifying to hear you say that. Thanks, Michaela. We feel the same way. You know, I, I don't get too much into my personal business on social media or the podcast, but I had a really tough day today. I, I lost a family member. I had to put my dog to sleep after almost 15 years, and uh, it's mm. been a brutal day. It really has. And I, I'm right there with you, Michaela. Anyone else listening, it's my escape as well. It's Chad's escape as well. We, I can speak for myself when I say I love getting on here, talking Broncos football, staring into this camera, and just zoning out for the hour that we're on. So, I promise you, Michaela, you all help me as much as we help you, and we definitely appreciate it. Bro, I'm sorry to hear that. This is news to me as well. So, dude, sorry to hear that, bro. That is so hey. tough. Sorry, buddy. It's the worst thing about owning a pet. It's the only bad thing about owning a pet. Yep. You know that day is going to come eventually. But yeah. uh, All right. Well, hey, love you. Appreciate you, Michaela. And uh, Zach, I know you'll keep a stiff upper lip. Always. Um. Okay, let's uh, shift gears here to Chad throwing down some serious stars. Thank you, buddy. He says, uh, evening priests in Broncos country. Yes, indeed. Love your hashtag game. It's on point. 
Big Dog. He says, I love the show. Thanks for all the info you keep us up to date on here from Utah, but born and raised in Denver, a Broncos fan. Really cool, man. Really cool. We love hearing from where people are from and all that. It looks like uh, you're raising them right in your profile pic. So big props. Appreciate you, Chad. Appreciate you, Chad. And I'm just seeing some of the comments here, guys. Thank you so much for your support. I, I didn't expect, I wasn't saying that to garner any sympathy. I just wanted to share with you guys and I see the outpouring of support and it really, it really hits uh, in my heart. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. That's what it's about, baby. Community. You guys are the best. Yes. Thank you. Support. Love it. Cody Dub says, and thank you for the super big dog. I've been looking at Chad Muma, the Wyoming linebacker. Loving his highlights. Would look good in Denver. Yes, indeed. The Broncos plan to meet with him next week. I know Luke Patterson uh, got a chance to scout him and talk with him up close last week at the Wyoming Pro Day. And he has a, another article coming up very soon, breaking down Chad Muma. So keep an eye out for that in the next, probably in the morning, I would guess, is when he'll end up publishing it. But Chad Muma is a very intriguing linebacker. And I think he really does, from a uh, traits and an intangibles perspective ooze George Payton type prospect so for him Zach I think with Muma it's a matter of Scott I don't know if you can do that same thing give me the mock draft database on on him and ESPN but it's a matter of is is he going to be there at 64 in Muma's case I think there's a pretty good chance he'll be there at 64 but what are you leaving on the table in terms of who else is on the board at that point? Because you do have some big fish to fry in terms of offensive tackle, and that's going to be your most prime opportunity to swing at that pitch. But uh, if he's there in the third round, I'm all about Chad Muma. Uh, round three, one of those two picks. You know, I, I one thing we can agree on, Chad, is all things being equal, I would much rather the Broncos take Muma at 64 and not Trey McBride or James Cook. I think that's a position the Broncos should target and leave the other ones for later in the draft. By the way, Muma, number 67 prospect on the mock draft database, 65 on ESPN. So he's probably what that means is, you know, it's not always a perfect match, right? What media and mock draft databases and whatnot how they have things ranked doesn't always jive with the way NFL teams have players ranked, but you know, that kind of hints at him. If you want Chad Muma, you're going to have to take him at pick 64. If you're the Denver Broncos, um, Oi boy, Josh, what's good, bro. My brother in punk rock. What is good? He says the priests. So with the draft coming up as the major focus, say you are George Payton, uh, G G Payton in the war room. Who are we taking and why? I still feel we need depth at corner, right tackle, safety, inside linebacker. Not feeling a running back, a waste of a pick to me. I feel you. Zach, what's your answer for Josh the Oi Boy? Well, Peyton's done a really good job of going into the draft and not needing anything. It's it's nice to want something but not need it. And they don't really need anything super glaring. Once you filled quarterback and Russell Wilson, everything else was gravy after that. But I'm right there with you, Josh. Uh, right tackle for sure. Cornerback, safety, inside linebacker. I would add edge on there. But the two positions that you don't you haven't listed or you don't want, running back and tight end, those can wait. The Broncos are fine there but they have to address to me right tackle the linebackers and the secondary. Those are the priorities in round two in a perfect world. Yeah. I would hope that Denver's BPA and um, the way it actually shakes out on draft day is an offensive tackle in round two, a right tackle, a future guy to pair with Garrett Bowles. 
Um, the guys that they're sniffing around on these top 30 visits include Tyler Smith of Tulsa, Abraham Lucas of Washington State. Um, there's some interior guys like Dylan Parham from Memphis, Cam Jer- uh, Jurgens from Nebraska, and then Cole Strange from Tennessee, Chattanooga. But I think uh, Abe Lucas, Tyler Smith, those are the type of prospects you maybe hope for at uh, pick 64. But for me, if I could just say, here's the dream, it's going to be whatever the best tackle on the board is at 64 or whatever the best edge rusher at 64 is. But with them, Zach, now kind of thinking about moving or at least planning on moving Baron Browning to edge, they might not internally view edge, especially with the arrival of Randy Gregory, as as much of a open wound, so to speak, as it appears from the outside looking in. I mean, the impending arrival because Gregory went under under the knife as soon as he signed the contract and he's out until training camp, I think, at the earliest. So they might want to hedge their bets against that $70 million signing. Maybe Baron Browning isn't a full-time edge rusher. Maybe they're just experimenting on, and they'll leave him at off ball. I still think edge is a need, but when your starters at inside are Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, you got to upgrade on that. Guys, real quick before we grab the next comment, I want to give some props to the winner of last month's five-star review raffle, Trev Sandell with a five-star. Thank you, buddy. Really appreciate you heeding our call to action, taking some time. Because here's the thing, guys. If you're an Apple user, maybe you don't even listen to us on Apple. Maybe you're always in the chat on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch or whatever. But if you have Apple, it's so easy to open up your phone, find us on Apple Podcasts, drop that five-star review. It helps us out. Gives you a chance to win some uh, win some swag. Trevor's review, MHH, love the pods. He says, I love all the podcasts. Everyone does such a great job providing Broncos country and beyond with a quality service. Thanks for all you guys do. Go Broncos from Trevor Sandell. So, Trevor, thank you, my friend. And uh, send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com with your shipping address and your T-shirt size. And we'll send you a little something-something, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, Michaela, I appreciate it. I, Lawrence, every single one of you, I just saw the comment, comments flooding into the side. Willie, thank you so much. I think, Rodney, someone's cutting onions, Chad, because my eyes suddenly got a little watery. But you guys do that. It's, it's just the – I wasn't expecting that overwhelming outpouring of support, but I should have expected nothing less because y'all are the greatest listeners, the greatest fans, the greatest people I've interacted over the oh, interacted with over the internet. So thank you so much. Just to inject a little bit of levity, I'm reminded of the Big Lebowski. Strong men also cry. Are you surprised by my tears, sir? Strong men also cry. Big Lebowski. I watched that last night, actually, the Big Lebowski. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, <laughs> I had to. It's, a, it's, it's one of the best gifs out there. I love it because, you know, when people get real salty, if you're trying, if you're battling and sparring with someone on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or they're, trying to set you up to spar because I resist the temptation. Now I don't even punch down. I don't, I try just, I don't want to uh, give them that whatever. But when you drop that GIF, <laughs> which is just the most like, uh, what's a pa- he's a pacifist. So, you know, he's just the most p- passive argumentative reply possible in GIF form. And it's also, of course, Jeff Bridges as the dude. I mean, it's just a great comeback, dude. I've used it a few times. 
I'm going to need it. I have Bills fans in my mentions for a tweet that I sent yesterday, so I'll just drop the uh, Lebowski gif and we'll be all good. Say what you will about the uh, tenets of, what do they call it, National Socialism, but at least it was an ethos, dude. Fonzie, what's going on, bro? Appreciate you. Love you guys. Love your show. Finally had the chance to tune in live. Awesome, bro. Welcome. He says, thank you for all you do for MHH and Broncos country. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, that's right. I'll do it every time. I know it's cheesy, it's low-hanging fruit, but I'm grabbing that. The Fonz gracing us with his presence. Appreciate that, really. Thank you, my friend. The kind words and the super chat support. Tom, is this number four? Throwing down, dude. Working his way. He's like, I see if I peer through the clouds, the faces etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore, and I'm coming for one of those spots. That's, That's what Tom's saying right now. He says, I'd go corner or tackle unless Muma or... Anderson are there at 64. I'd take one of them. They can be three down guys in this defense. They can fly. Yes. Trey Anderson. Yeah. What's it, what's his rankings, Scott, for Anderson? I mean, he lit up the senior bowl. That helped him a lot, but that dude is the truth. My name's Rufus. He's the truthest. Nash the fifth. I'm ready for football already. And by the way, thank you for the super big dog. Watching the Broncos helps me swallow the bitter pill that is the Rockies. Pretending they want to compete for a championship. I'm sorry for the loss of your dog, Zach, RIP, and cherish the memories. Of which there are many, and it, it, but it still doesn't – the finality is what screws me up. I won't get into my psychology, but just the finality and the new normal and adjusting and picking up mm-hmm. the pieces and moving on, it's an adjustment. Still not even a day has passed, but guys, you're going to help me get through it, and I appreciate you, Nash, Michaela, every single person who, uh, who made a comment. Thank you again. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. By the way, according to uh, ESPN, Troy Anderson, 70th overall prospect, Montraft data, uh, database, 80. Scott Kennedy, it's his f- number 45 prospect. So if, if Scott's the one that's going to end up being right, Anderson ain't going to be there for the Broncos at 64, but we'll see. Wouldn't hate it, though. I would actually, I, I, am I crazy to think Anderson can be a better pro than Muma? I just love his upside and his uh, three-down ability. If they end up with either one of those players at 64, I would be very, very happy. I would just – it's like when the Broncos drafted K.J. Hamler in round two a couple of years ago, right? You don't hate the pick because – the player because he is a talent and, you know, if the dude can stay healthy, he could really help you. But when you look at what else was on the board and you just drafted Jerry Judy – you know, we got a lot of blowback from people in Broncos country because we didn't just absolutely bow down and worship the pick of KJ Hamler. But that would be a similar thought process for me as far as linebacker. What did you leave on the board? Who else was there? Um, I would be more inclined to use that pick on Anderson than I would Muma. I wouldn't hate either pick, just like I didn't hate KJ Hamler. But, you know, there's an argument to be made in terms of Josie Jules only here two years on this new deal. Uh, if you're really planning on moving Baron Browning to edge, I mean, Jonas Griffith, we still don't quite yet know if that was a flash in the pan, what he did down the stretch last year. He's young enough to give you some help for a long time if he ends up panning out. But off-ball linebacker long-term and short-term is a need for this team because Justin Sternod, man, just when you thought he was going to be something, he gets his big opportunity and wilts last year. So that was very disappointing. Even in a inside linebacker friendly scheme like Vic Fangio, Sternod couldn't cut it. And I saw a comment that said, 
inside linebackers on a true need because they have a high floor. I don't want a high floor. I want a high ceiling. And you have that with Baron Browning. You don't have that now with Jewel and Singleton. That's two of the more jag type starters in the NFL. So it's absolutely a need, just like edges a need. They have to prioritize linebacker as a whole. Jeff Noyes with a very generous super. Thank you, Jeff. He Thank says you. it's the best chat on the tube. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Very kind of you to say, my friend. Uh, Michael Kriegel, a newer name Welcome. on Super Chat. Yes, indeed. Welcome, my friend. He says, hey, fellas, longtime listener, but first-time contributor. Well, hey, hats off. Who do you consider as the Broncos' strongest division rival this year? I, th I think it's the Chargers, but I could see Brandon Staley losing them some games. It's the Chiefs, dude. Was it 13 in a row, Zach? Mm -hmm. I think because you had the 1 and 15. So then all of 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. I went a little fast there. I don't math well. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 13 straight. So until – and it's not as if the Chiefs won 13 straight against the Broncos and then Patrick Mahomes retired and you know they're not going to be a thing. It's still Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So to me, that's still the 800-pound gorilla. You want to talk about rivalry. You want to talk about a little something special to play for when you draw this team on your schedule twice this year. It's still the Chiefs, and I'll always maintain when it comes to the Chargers, whether it's a head coach named Brandon Staley or whoever, I'll believe it when I see it. You, you guys both, Michael and Chad, nailed the points I was going to make. I don't know why everyone's writing off Kansas City. I know they had a pretty you know rough offseason, but they have Mahomes, like Chad said, and you have a quarterback as good as Mahomes. You're in every single ball game, no matter how depleted your roster is. Even if they take a step back, and they lose two more games, they're still going to be a damn good football team. But for the sake of conversation, I'm not even giving Josh McDaniels and company out there in Vegas any shine right now. That's a believe it when I'll see it, especially with him. And Staley, that's a guy who outsmarts himself almost in every single game, every single instance. They've added all this star talent, J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Those are two of the more mercurial defensive players in the NFL. They got what they wanted now. What is their motivation going to be like? And Staley reigning all those personalities Bosa, his injuries, Derwin James is in his injury history. Maybe Herbert takes a step back. Teams figure him out. I don't know. I still think the division could be there for the Broncos taking, but they got to knock Casey off the mountaintop. That's first and foremost. Travis Weber on Facebook. Thank you, buddy, for being with us. All the support each and every night. And by the way, guys, just a quick update on Facebook. Goal is to get to 250,000 stars in the month of April. When we get there, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. We're at 10% in or 10% to goal. So we're definitely past uh, the 90% to go in the month. So that means we're a little bit behind, just FYI. But Travis, he says, a little late opening day of baseball. Go Braves. I know we feel good with Boone, but was just going to say the same, Zach. Gordon's patience is growing. Gordon patience is growing thin and no takers throw a one year, two and a half million dollar deal at him. Bring him back. I would like it a lot more. It's that's, that's super cheap for a running back of Gordon's caliber because you're right, Chad, you know, I've pooped on him a lot the last couple of years. He was way overpaid at 8 million bucks, but he was a pretty good starting caliber running back for the Broncos and two and a half million for that would be pennies. So yeah, I'd rather do that. And you go to war with, Melvin Gordon, Javante, Mike Boone, who's actually going to get carries this year and forego drafting a running back in the second or third round. That's the way I'm leaning right now. If you want to take a running back in the draft, fine. You want to pass on Gordon, fine. Just please don't do it at 64. 
Here's the thing. Melvin Gordon. All right. I'm just looking. Let me, we'll go through this real quick together. Shane, you demand, bro. Good to see you. He says, Denver just announced they re-signed Kareem Jackson. Yes, indeed. We are stoked on that. We talked about it to open tonight's show. Great to see you, bro. But check this out real quick here. All right. Let's look at Melvin Gordon value. All right. Uh, is this updated running back full contract? Yes, it is. All right. So this is over the cap. Christian McCaffrey still, Zach, has the highest APY average per year of any running back, followed by guys like Kamara, Elliott, Dalvin Cook is up there, Derrick Henry's up there, Nick Chubb, Green Bay's Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon. Those are the guys that are in the five-figure, pardon, uh, eight-figure range, pardon. Uh, Melvin Gordon, though, checked in last, you know, this is his number from last year, $8 million, all right? Saquon Barkley, still on a rookie deal, right? Um, James Conner, but look at some of the names out as we scroll down. You think two and a half million, you're getting into the Brandon Bolden, Rex Burkhead, James White, Sony Michelle, and even Pookie Williams area. So I would be willing to bet, Zach, he's holding out for something like this, like he's had the last couple of years. Probably Good not going to find it. But I bet he's got opportunities right now somewhere in this neck of the woods. I bet there are teams that have said, yeah, maybe, but, you know, five, six million. I can't see him being worth less than that when you look at some of these names. I just feel like if he was given that offer, he would have taken it by now. I, we had a report that his market value from league sources was two and a half million. If he got double that, five on the table, I don't think he would turn it down. I think he overestimated his market because he was overpaid with the Broncos. Two and a half mil, sign me up all day, every day. Five mil, though, as a base salary? Then I'm considering, okay, you have Pookie under rookie control. You have Mike Boone making RB2 money. Take a running back in the fourth or fifth, and you have three. I think the biggest reason why he his value is not matching with what the teams are saying his value is, is, you know, he's 29. Let's see, when does Melvin Gordon turn 30? I want to see real quick. Um, April. So he's about to turn 30. No, he's 28, about to turn 29. So he's entering his age 29 season. So whatever team he ends up playing for this year is going to get his last non-30s season for what it's worth. How many and carries? Think, career? Pardon? How many carries for Melvin career-wise? Because I was going to uh, say carries left. total. I'll go to PFR real quick. I can just hot link straight there. Total carries in career, 6,144, and that doesn't count his receiving touches, which, you know, throw in an additional 284 receptions. I don't know, 29-year-old Pardon me, Judas Priest, did I say 1477, 1,477 total carries as a pro. That makes a little more sense, but still, 1,500 carries for a 29-year-old running back, when they're a dime a dozen in today's NFL and you want to get younger at that position and, and you know, uh, quantity over quality, I don't know. If, if you would accept two and a half, fine, but you want to go to $5 million, then I'm thinking, okay, I'm going for a rookie. Cottonmouth78 in the house. What's good? Thank you for the super big dog. Cottonmouth says, I think Justin Simmons is going to go off this year. Good offense play will energize this great defense to new heights. The Wilson effect is going to be awesome to watch. It's funny you say that, my friend. We're sharing a brain because today I published the uh, projected starting lineup for the defense. I did it for the offense last week or something like that. And um, that's one of the kind of storylines I opened with is for the first time since the Peyton Manning era, 
This is a defense that is going to benefit greatly from a active, dynamic, productive offense that's going to score points and get out early uh, to leads that's going to put pressure on the opponents to also try and keep up. Now, again, I don't want to say this is going to be, you know, 2013 Broncos scoring 606 points, but when you're talking about the difference of, you know, Broncos can't score 23 to save their freaking lives, that's not going to be a problem anymore. And just how much that pressure that takes off the defense, man, it's going to be cool to see all the different ways. You know, you talk about a trickle-down effect, having a, a true bona fide franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson, all the different trickle-down benefits that this team will enjoy. I saw a stat on Twitter that kind of blew me away, and I want to share it with you guys. Guess who has the most interceptions in the NFL since 2019? That would be Justin Simmons with 19. And that's playing under, in, in Vic Fangio's scheme, again, a scheme that did not emphasize turnovers or forced takeaways. Evero is going to do that. He's going to have a very active defense, blitz-happy defense, takeaway-happy defense. I think it's going to aid two people in the secondary, Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons. I think both will be pro bowlers this year under Evero, who, by the way, was the secondary coach with the Rams. He knows what he's doing in that area, and it's he's going to uh, benefit Simmons and Sertan the most. Most definitely. Cottonmouth, appreciate you, my friend. Um Zach, before I forget, well, actually, did we say thank you to Willie jumping in? I don't know if we got a thank chance you, to. Thank you for the super and the kind thoughts, of course. Um, Chad Beach wants to know, do you guys know or have you heard whether K.J. Hamler should be good to go at the start of this regular season? It sounds like he's going to be good to go, but you don't want to get too out over your skis on that because it wasn't just one ligament. He suffered damage to two. And Zach, the good news though is if you go back and look at some of the footage from Russell Wilson's quickly organized throwing sessions with his new receivers, KJ was there. Now, how much exactly he was doing is hard to say. We don't know exactly. I can't imagine he was doing everything that you know Sutton and Timmy P were doing or Jerry Judy later on, but uh, he was there. And to me, that's an encouraging sign of that he's at least on schedule. So. He'll be utilized, but as is the case, Zach, with almost any player, pick the position, who suffers an injury in the first quarter of the season, and they come back that next year, teams are going to kind of drip feed them that first quarter of the season until they kind of get their sea legs beneath them. Can you remind me how Hamler was injured? Just humor <laughs> me for one second. Uh, but no, we've heard that he expects to be ready for training camp in the regular season. He's on schedule, which is good. But I want to go back to something you mentioned about when they took Hamler and we questioned the move. I don't think we're wrong in hindsight. We said it's 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 questionable to take a receiver after you already took one in the first round, a receiver that does pretty much one thing overly well, and is, has an injury history. And wouldn't you know it, K.J. Hamler has battled injuries since he's been in Denver. I still think they should have taken a tackle at that point because now, a couple years later, what are they doing? Searching for tackles. They could have had one then. So I think we were right in hindsight, but I hope he can contribute to the Broncos because the one thing he does well, which is run really fast in a straight line, they don't have a receiver that's comparable on the roster. So having Hamler in that mix is going to benefit Russ. So when the Broncos did take KJ at pick 46 overall, which was the 14th pick in se the second round, let me just throw a few names out there that were also available. Um, another receiver by the name of Chase Claypool has had more NFL success already. Uh, let's see, Trevon Diggs. Uh, Jalen Hurts was there. 
AJ Epinesa, former Iowa guy, uh, Raquan Davis, a big defensive tackle. Ezra Cleveland was there, right? Offensive tackle from Boise State, ended up landing with Minnesota. Um, let's see here. This was just round two. Jeremy Chin was also there. So those are some of the names that you stepped over to take KJ at pick 46. And that's not to mention some of the early names in round three, like Logan Wilson, the linebacker from Wyoming, who is already turning out well for the Bengals. Um, let's see. Josh Jones, offensive tackle, went to Arizona. But anyway, those are just a few of the names. So opportunity costs, baby. Or what? No, that's actually not the right phrase for it. But anyway, Jeremy, good to see you, bro. Shutdown corners are indeed hard to find. That box is checked. I foresee Peyton snagging another tough to find position. What is the next hard to find position, regardless of need? Um, now that corner and quarterback are off the need list, big man. Yeah, right tackle. Yeah, I mean, what are the cornerstone positions for a championship roster? Quarterback, tackle, corner, edge. That's right, edge. Thank you. So those are the four. So how easy is it to find a true game-changing edge rusher? That would be, to me, it's either tackle. You've got left tackle. So you can kind of prioritize it. Quarterback, you've got one. Left tackle, you've got one. Corner, you've got one. So to me, that would be edge if we're answering it in his, you know, based on the, he, the way he structured his question. And not surprisingly, the two most glaring needs for the Broncos, right tackle and edge. That's why those should be, if pref you know, if possible, the picks at 64. And that's why I think it's a little silly to harp on a running back or a tight end when you need, you know, an edge rusher or a right tackle. Uh, here we have the great Ron Dub. We got a chance to meet and hang out with Ron at the meet and greet last fall. A lovely man. Good to see you, bro. And he always brings the juice on the questions. He says, hey, guys, other than Sutton, Pookie, and Judy, who is poised to be a dark horse candidate to break out on offense? And then who has more picks on defense, Pat Sertan or Justin Simmons? Oh, that's a great Zach, one. What's your answer? Well, first of all, for offense, I'm going to go with the easy choice, and that's uh, Alberto. Considering they traded away Noah Fant, they really like his movability. And uh, down the seams, that could be a safety blanket for Russell Wilson if Albert can stay healthy and uh, shore up his uh, sometimes butterfingers. On defense in the secondary, God, that's tough, man, because I feel like both are going to be pro bowlers. But I'm going to go with the guy who leads the NFL in picks since 2019, Mr. Justin Simmons. But Sertan's going to be right there. I can see him easily both having five or more interceptions this season. They're going to be top five in takeaways, this Denver defense. Oh, no. My uh, my mouse is being not wanting to play ball with me right now. Zach, you might have to grab something real quick because i yeah. got to figure out how to navigate this thing. Uh, Cody Dub, $2 super. Thank you so much, Cody. Uh, he asks, Muma or Benito, who are you taking? I'm taking Chad Muma. I think he's the more polished prospect. I think he's a true day one out of the box, plug and play, three down linebacker. So that's my choice, Chad Muma. Man, I am regretting by the second not getting on my new setup here, touchscreen. This is the first device I've had in 10 years that is not touchscreen. Thus, I become dependent on the freaking mouse. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm a big fan of Muma. It's just a matter of where, you know, where would be the ideal place for for the Broncos to land him. Uh, Tom, 
five? Is this number five tonight? He says any giving any given Sunday speech that Al Pacino gives uh, Willie Beeman on what a QB is is exactly what Russell Wilson is. His players will believe in the huddle. Great movie. I love that movie. Game of Inches, baby. Greatest speech, greatest football movie by far. One of the greatest speeches in any movie, I believe. I still listen to that speech. I watch it on YouTube. It's actually on my gym playlist on my phone. It pumps me up and inspires me. And every word he says there is appropriate, not only to football, but life as well. Love that movie with the capital L. Appreciate you, Tom, dropping that in. Yeah, I'm going to need you to grab the next one, too, because yeah. I'm just fixing something. Yes, sir. Travis Weber hopping in. Uh, he wants to know. Good to see you, Travis. Thank you for joining us tonight. What do we know about the lacrosse player from Maryland? Yeah, Jared Bernhardt that Denver is bringing in for a visit. I'm happy you asked, Travis, because I actually wrote an article uh, for the website today. You can read it if you want. I'll drop it into the comments. Anyone who wants to check it out. Yeah, this is one of the more unorthodox top 30 visits you will ever see because the Broncos are bringing in the Maryland Terrapins all-time leading let me get this right. I'm not a lacrosse expert. Goal scorer and point scorer. He won the 2021 award, which was basically the best male college lacrosse player in the country. Then he transferred to Ferris State, Division II program. They went undefeated 14-0. He played quarterback for them. He, I think he threw for like 17 touchdowns, five picks. That was his last year of eligibility, and he's entering the draft as a wide receiver kick returner. So from lacrosse to quarterback, to wide receiver and kick returner. Second type of guy, hybrid, the Broncos are showing interest in. As we mentioned, they've also spoken with, at length, Miami quarterback to Eric King, who is a slot receiver at the next level. So what the Broncos want to do, it sounds like, is replicate what they've had with Kendall Hinton. A guy that can be a jack of all tra trades, a Swiss Army knife, he can play receiver, he can play quarterback, he can help on special teams. That's the uh, skinny on Jared Bernhardt that I know. Nash the fifth. What's good, bro? Is this two? Is this three? You've been throwing down tonight. He says, I have an unfortunate feeling that KJ Hamler may turn into another Tavon Austin really fast, but will never quite get to the mountaintop. Could be, but you know, if he goes on to have a career similar to Tavon Austin, that would be better than what he's produced for the Broncos right. so far. I mean, his rookie year marred by injury, you know, mainly it was that, uh, persistent lingering hamstring that he had from the time he was drafted actually that just he couldn't quite shuck it and then of course last year the knee so in other words kj hamler would be so lucky as to have a tavon austin type career now i get it tavon was what a top six top 10 anyway uh drafted wide receiver so your expectations for him are much higher than a guy drafted 46 overall but but yeah, I just hope he can be available. If KJ's available, he's going to be a difference maker for you, especially when you have a quarterback like Russ, who understands, you know how uh, how his butter how his how his bread gets buttered. Yeah, my comp for KJ coming out was a poor man's, really poor man's version of Deshaun Jackson. And he's lived up to Deshaun Jackson in one capacity, which is hamstring injuries and being on the shelf <laughs> and not really producing on the field. But that is their lone speedster. And again, if he can, he, he's the cherry on top, guys. When your three receivers are Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, you have Alberto, you have Javante Williams, yada, yada. KJ is just a cherry. Whatever you get out of him this year will be a bonus. I hope he's healthy. I hope he produces. Just get the ball in his hands. Use him as a weapon like Tavon Austin was used. Yeah, dude. Um, Joshua Pascal. Is that how you say his name? 
the uh, defensive end. He's uh, intriguing. I'm reading up on him a little bit here. Um, I don't, I'm not sure, though, Scott, where he projects. Let's see. Um, well, yeah, edge, but I don't even know where he fits. Nick, um, Nick Kendall loves him. Nick knows what he's talking about when it comes to trenches, for what it's worth, Rodney. So I would ask that specifically to Nick on Saturday night's Mile High Insiders. He can give you some good insight. Yeah. Um, but, Zach, we're about out of time. Is there Are there any last burning questions that we haven't been able to get to? Lots of dis uh, great discussion in the chat. I think we're good. So, Zach, if you want to my, – my mouse game is back in action. You. So, you know, that's good at the 11th hour, but – yeah, I'll grab uh, the shout-outs. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us tonight. Thank you for all the interaction. Thank you personally for all the love and support that you showed me. Follow us on Twitter. Until we see you guys next, which is Sunday evening, we are done for the weekend. Follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileIHuddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at KelbermanNFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at ScoutKennedy. If you guys want a hat like I'm wearing, not backwards, you want a hat like Chad's wearing, same hat, actually. If you want any of our merch, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some right now. I actually designed, it just arrived in the mail today, a new tank top with the MHH logo on it. It's black. It looks really nice. I'll Maybe I'll have a picture on Twitter to show you guys what it looks like. But any of our merch is right there right now, huddleuppod.com. And don't forget facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, please, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win any of our merch could be anything each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. As you guys know by now, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. It really helps us grow guys and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. Um, shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Chad Beach finishing on top. Really appreciate that. Rodney Garcia, Phil McLaughlin, Travis Weber, Drew Love, Lawrence Rivera, and Jeremy Kusich. Much love and respect also to our great Super Chat superstars, starting with Sam Bam, Tom, The Duchess, Nash, Cody Dub, Josh the Oi Boy, Willie, good to see you by the way, Willie, it's been a minute, Fonz, uh, let's see, Jeff Noyes, Michael Kriegel, The Aviator himself, Shane Daniels, Cottonmouth78, legendary figure, Ron Dub. Um, much love and respect. Appreciate you guys. And it's crazy to think, Zach, that this week is almost over. Man, time flies when you're having fun. So thanks, guys. And Cody, what about getting Jamarie uh, Salyer? Um, we could talk more about that. We're going to have to go right now, bro. So we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Zach, unless you have anything off the top you want to grab. I just did some baseline research. He compares to Quinton Spain. He can play all five positions. He seems like he's a big guy with length that can move. So again, they want to invest in the trenches. I am all for that. You want to invest at running back or tight end in the premium rounds. I am against that. But uh, that is going to do it, guys, for the Huddle Up Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.